Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. I'll give you a little story this morning as we talk about digging for joy. Off the coast of Nova Scotia lies a little island called Oak Island. It's the site of an excited hunt for buried treasure that began in about 1995, or sorry, 1795. In the center of the search of this treasure is a pit. It's 12 feet in diameter, and most people hopefully call it the money pit. The story began many, many years ago in the 1700s uh, about a dying sailor on the crew of Captain Kidd. And they said that that treasure is below that place, might be worth about $2 million buried in this pit. Other legends even adapted to say it holds the treasure of Blackbeard or the Inca valuables that were stolen by Spaniards or maybe even the French crown jewels which were spirited away during the French Revolution. So digging down in this hole for decades and decades, treasure hunters have found wooden platforms every 10 feet, leading them to think maybe there's something, somebody was here, something was down here. But no one has ever been able to get to the bottom of this thing because the tide keeps coming in and washing away all the treasure hunters' efforts. Tunnels are continually flooded, but yet still millions of dollars have been spent by treasure hunters since that time, since the 1800s, yet no significant main treasure has ever been found. Just a few little trinkets here and there. Yet decade after decade, people continue to search. I thought about that story, and I'm thinking, what in the world would motivate you to keep on digging, spending millions of dollars. I'm thinking, well, just keep the millions of dollars, right? But millions of dollars. I mean, researchers and, and, and treasure experts, man, have come down there and spent hours and hours digging and digging. And, and things get washed away and you keep digging. And, oh, we're going to make it. We're going to get doing it. Pour some more money into that hole. You know, let's just keep on doing it. What in the world would motivate someone to waste their own fortune digging for treasure? You don't even know really is there. Why? Why would they do that? And do they do it begrudgingly? Is someone making them do it? No one's got a gun to their head doing, making them do this. No, they do it willingly. They do it eagerly. Why? Because they believe the payoff they're going to receive is greater than the treasure they already have. They believe the treasure they might gain through all that hard work and labor and sacrifice and blood, sweat, and tears, if they get to it, is going to pay off in the future. You understand what we this, this morning? Digging for joy. Digging for joy. You know, I think sometimes in Christianity, it feels like work. How many people grew up in church? Anybody here grew up in church? You ever get to that moment, because I know I have, grew up in church and been in ministry a good while now. Sometimes this thing can be feeling like work. And going and being a Christian sometimes can feel like work. And it can feel laborious. It can feel tiring to always be the good person at work, right? It can be tiring to always be the good person in your family, trying to keep everything together while everybody else is crazy. It can be tiring to get on your knees every day and keep on praying for something even though you don't feel like it. It can be tiring to come into a church service when everybody else is happy and you're not happy and to raise your hands and sing for joy even though you think, my gosh, I don't know where that joy's coming from today. I'm just 
just digging, and it's just like dirt, Pastor Heath. I don't feel no joy. It's just, man, I'm just shoveling every day. Every I feel like I'm shoveling through not just dirt sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just shoveling over and over and over, and it's work, and it's tiring. I think sometimes the problem with people's Christianity, though, is that it's not eager work. We can easily have a joyless Christianity. Now think about these treasure hunters, but they're digging. Oh man, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Man, there's some, man, well, the next, you know, that next hole might just be it. That next scoop of dirt might just lead me to something unexpected, something I've always hoped for and valued. Yet sometimes in Christianity, we can get cynical. We can go through boring rituals just to keep God happy. We can worship at sporting events and fail to worship at church. We can uh, go through all the motions, and we can even create a church that makes people feel overworked and forced to serve, and sometimes we can try to keep doing all this because we're motivated by guilt. But are you digging with joy? Are you excited to be saved? Are you hopeful about your future? Are you digging with joy? Turn your neighbor and say, just keep digging. If there's anything I want you to remember this morning, it's this. Just keep digging. Just keep digging. Are you digging with joy? Are you excited to be saved? And are you hopeful about your future? Is your tomorrow brighter than today? Because if not, perhaps we don't believe in what we're digging for. If you didn't believe there was buried treasure down there, it'd be hard to keep on digging. If you didn't believe there was buried treasure down there, you wouldn't think it'd be worth the sacrifice of your own time and effort and your money. If you didn't believe there was buried treasure down there, it wouldn't be a fun ride to the bottom. It'd be work, it'd be laborious, it'd be joy. And perhaps the reason many of our churches in our lives may not be so full of joy is that we really don't believe what's down there. Is what God has promised us worth everything we could ever go through in this life? Because we believe what God has promised us, what God has to offer, is worth every shovel full of dirt we could ever go through. Somebody say amen. Amen. Look with me in Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. I'm going to talk to you about digging for joy. Digging for joy. Jesus talked about the seeds and the sower. Let's read this together. He says, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road. And the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. And look in verse 20 and 21. He says, Then on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Everybody say joy. With joy. And yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. When an affliction or a persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. He had it with joy, and then the joy didn't last. Jesus is talking about this farmer. And in, uh, if you've ever seen 
fields. Even here in, in northeast Louisiana, you'll see these fields. In between every field, there's roads, and there's kind of like roads and squares, right? There's a field and squares or a road around it. And in the same way in the ancient world, there would be a rocky paths between the fields. And it, uh, they didn't have automatic feeders back then, so you just scattered the seed liberally. And he's talking about a liberal sower who scatters the seed. And some of that seed falls in good soil in the middle of the field. But as you get next to the edge of the road, some of it goes into the ditch where the thorns are. And some of it maybe even gets onto the road between the two fields where it's rocky. And sometimes it grows. You see, you drive down the highway and you see the corn in the middle of the field is nice and big. And as you get closer to the highway, you see some straggly corn. And even you might even see some corn seeds growing up in the ditch because it just kind of blew it over there, right? And it still grew. But that corn is not going to be harvested. That, that soybean is not going to be harvested because it's not healthy and likely it'll die. And he says the same thing. Some Christians, he says, they're good they're because they, the seed, the word of God goes out there and it lands in their soil and it grows. But because of the rocks, because it doesn't go down deep, it springs up with joy in the rainy seasons of their life when everything is good. But in the dry season, when everything gets hot and tiring and bad, it goes away. Why? He says, because they didn't dig down deep. They didn't dig down deep. Say this with me. If there's no digging, there's no joy. If there's no digging, there's no joy. And what he's saying here is what? What are they digging for and with and in? If the con- in the context of this passage, he says they receive the word. And it, Jesus says it is the word of the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is this. It is the good news of God's restoration. And it's three things. Number one, it is, and you can remember these words pretty easy. It's rain, the realm, and the relationship. The rain is this. The good news of the gospel is the good news of the kingdom of God has come to earth. And the kingdom is this, because you really have to understand what am I digging for and what am I joyful about? And it's about the kingdom. The kingdom is this. Number one, it's the rain. The reign is the rule of the king. It means that King Jesus, when a king would uh, be on the throne, he would born. He'd be born. His reign would start when he got of age. They would have a big ceremony, uh, and they would have his time of reign, and then he would die, and that reign would be over. And for us, the kingdom of God is that Jesus has come. His reign has begun, and the Bible says his reign has no end. Somebody say Amen. His rule is eternal. It is not just like a king that's going to be good for a little while because sometimes you get a good king or a bad king, but this king, he's always benevolent. He's always good. He says, this is the good news that God's salvation has come. I have been anointed, set apart as your king to proclaim the favor of God upon this generation, to give sight to the blind and to release the captives and let everybody loose to come on in to God's kingdom. That's our king. And it says that he will reign on an eternal throne without end. His reign is eternal. The second one is his realm. The realm is this word kingdom can mean those three words. It's reign, it's realm. When you say kingdom, it is the dominion. Uh, The United States of America has a border. People argue about it right now in our country, right? It has a border. That is the dominion of our country. Then we annex things like Puerto Rico and Costa Rica and for a little while Panama. You know, things, we have little annexes. But Jesus' realm, the Bible says, is a spiritual realm. 
When Jesus came on the scene into these places like Capernaum and, and different places in Galilee, as he stepped foot, light shone in the darkness. And the Bible says the darkness did not comprehend it. It just cast out devils everywhere he went. The lame began to walk. The blind began to see. The deaf began to hear. People began to leap for joy because when Jesus' realm, his dominion stepped foot, it says that his dominion is greater than that dominion of darkness. And when Jesus' power and authority and dominion takes over the world, there's no kingdom that can stand, not even man's. And so the good news, God's reign, his realm, and lastly, his relationship. Kingdom can also mean the people. It means that we, like Paul says, can become citizens of heaven, right? We get adopted into his covenant as children of God, that he gave you and I the right, John says, to become children of God, such as we were. And we now have a personal relationship with this king. I took out my U.S. passport and I said, I got a better passport now. When I came into Jesus, I have access into heaven. I got, can go through customs and just get on in those pearly gates because my passport says stamped, approved. He's got citizenship in heaven's dominion. He's got a relationship with the eternal king. And a Jew would have understood this. In ancient times, it was the manifest prophecy of God. And Jesus says, this is the good news of the kingdom that someone heard. And they received it with joy. But when hard times came, because they did not keep on digging, because their roots did not keep going deeper, everything else faded away. Why? Because they really didn't believe it. You see, the outward manifestation of what that, that we would have saw is that the joy disappeared. It says they sprouted up in joy. But because their roots didn't go deep, the plant died. Well, all we would see on the upward, outward side is a joyless Christian. And Jesus says the reason is why. Their faith gave up going deeper. Their faith gave up tapping into the source. You know, it's when hard times come that we really prove our Christianity. It's those hard times. It's hard to pray. It's hard to trust in God. It's hard to keep pressing in. But Jesus says, if you'll just keep pressing in, going deeper, digging down, trusting this good news of my kingdom, do you really believe it? How many people believe it? Do you really believe he's reigning eternal? Do you really believe his realm is bigger, better, badder than anybody else's realm? That we do have full access into the throne of grace to find help in a time of need. He says, if you believe it and as you dig into it, you'll always be sure to outwardly manifest joy. If there's no digging, there's no joy. Let's look at another story. Look down in verse 44. So there's one that didn't find the joy. He didn't dig. He didn't dig down. He didn't have faith. He didn't trust in the kingdom of the good news. And his joy faded away. But there's another story of another guy. It says this, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy, everybody say joy, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and buys the field. So here's another story about a field. And, and if you get the background of this one is that in ancient times, you didn't have 
uh, safety deposit boxes. You didn't hardly really have a bank. And so a lot of times a farmer or an estate owner could go out there in his field. Maybe some of you guys do this in Louisiana. You don't trust the banks. You dig it out there. You put it under your pillow. You put it under your mattress, right? You dig your buried gold, you know, in your yard, and you put it in your yard somewhere that nobody knows, and you write in your wheel that when you die, uh, hey, grandkids, go to the tree, take seven, seven steps to the left, one step to the right, and there's our family fortune, right? I'm waiting for that letter, you know. Uh, it hadn't happened yet. And so he says, well, one of these, sometimes these people would die or go off on a trip and not come back, and no one knew where the letter was. It told where their family fortune was. But somebody maybe was passing through the field, saw the for sale sign. Let me look around, go to this creek, found the cave, and oh my gosh, there's all this gold here. Shh, don't tell nobody. Let's go buy it real quick, because the law says if you buy the field, right, you own what's ever underneath it, unlike Louisiana oil rights, right? You own the rights to the mineral deposits of what's underneath you. So, hey, when we were walking through that field the other day, we found this buried treasure. There's a for sale sign on that land. If we don't tell nobody, we'll go buy it. And guess what? We can own it. Well, what's the price of the land? Oh, my gosh, I don't have that much money. I'd have to sell my car, my house, my clothes in my closet just to make that payment for that land. Well, but don't you think that buried treasure is worth more than all the things? Okay, sure. My wife's not going to believe me, but let's do it. Look, I'll convince her. And so you go home and say, honey, we have got to sell the house, the car, maybe even the kids to get this land. And there's nothing on, honey, there's nothing on. There's not even trees on that land. There's not, there's like just some goats or something. Why would you want that land? Just trust me. It's going to be worth the sacrifice. If we would just sacrifice all that we are, all that we have, trust me, if we go to that land and we start digging down deep, I promise you the payoff is going to be bigger than you could ever imagine. You see, that's the Christian life, church. It is that this world is worth being sacrificed for a better tomorrow. That his kingdom, he says, is like that treasure. It's worth anything you could ever imagine to sacrifice. And it's going to take some somewhat, Jesus says, there's going to be times where you're not going to feel so joy. It's going to feel joyless. It's going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to give up all this stuff. But he says, but trust me, the joy I give is not like the joy the world gives. The peace I give is not like the peace the world gives. The love I give is not like that love the world gives. The, the kingdom I'm going to give you. The things that I have for you. And Paul says, There's, your eye has not even seen, your ears never heard, it's not even entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for us, those who love him, those who are willing to dig down deep and make the sacrifice, do the hard work of finding hidden treasure. This man in this story was sold out. What seemed like an illogical decision to his family would prove to be the greatest decision of his life. No doubt in this world we can be mocked and scolded. Why did that crazy fool over there selling out to all that? He's given up his job. He's given up his house. He's he's living on the way below his means. He's always going to church. He's going on mission trips. He's giving his money to all that charity. He's doing all those things every week. He passes up that lake house every week. He's he could have that jet ski, but he don't. He's just pouring it all into that little old church down there. Why? Because he's looking for buried treasure. He knows the payoffs 
going to be worth it. That God's reign, God's realm, and God's relationship is worth joyfully setting anything aside that gets in my way. That means to repent, to turn from my way of living, being, and thinking, and turn my direction to God and what God has for us. Joy over the kingdom. I can think about that man. <laughs> can you think about him thinking he sold it all? He makes the, goes to the bank and he gets the estate, the title on that land, and he gets that shovel out, and he knows that treasure is there somewhere, and he starts digging. He's saying, oh, my gosh, this is going to be worth it. Oh, my gosh, can you wait? Oh, I found one thing. Oh, keep on digging, honey. It's just going to be worth it. Everything, trust me, I know how much is down there. I, I saw it before. It's going to be worth it. And that's what I want to say to you this morning. Your efforts in the Lord are going to be worth it. Do you believe that? Paul says that you shouldn't think about things being in vain in the Lord, but count it all joy. Everything that I have, that your work in the Lord... Is going to be abounding. It's going to be great. In view of the surpassing value, Paul said, of knowing Christ Jesus, I was willing to count everything as rubbish that I might know Him, that I might attain Him. Even if I have to suffer, I'm going to attain Him in the resurrection of the dead. It's going to be worth it. Romans 14, 17 says this, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and what? joy in the Holy Spirit. So how do you dig up buried treasure? How do you find him? How do you dig up buried treasure? Looking at these two stories, I think about the work of faith. I think about, it's not just hearing and believing that there is buried treasure, but putting our words into action. I actually have to sell my property and and go buy the land. I actually have to get a shovel out and start digging for it. I know it's there. I believe it. I heard it. I saw it. But I actually have to have faith to do something about it. For instance, put it into practical. I may pray. I may read my Bible. That's digging. I can come here and worship together with you. That's digging. I can give to missions. I can serve my community. I can serve my church. That's all digging with faith. I can choose to forgive others who've wronged me to make amends. That's part of digging. I can choose every day to flee from sin, to turn off the internet and turn off the TV, to look the other way, to flee from evil and to pursue good. I do that. Why? Not because there's a moral right even to it or because I don't want to go to hell, but because I'm pursuing something. I'm digging with faith. I'm turning from these other distractions that are going to get me off of my goal because I believe God's kingdom is buried treasure. I believe the value of it. There's a word that's called Eureka. Anybody heard that word before? Maybe you've been to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Eureka, it means this. It means a cry of joy. Everybody say joy again. Joy, it's a cry of joy or satisfaction when one finds or discovers something. And that's miners used to say that. It'd be like, ding, Eureka, 
We found it. That's what it literally means. It means I'm digging, ting, you hear the metal, right? I, got, I found in my attic just the other day an old metal detector. My dad and I would go out and find all those old metal hot wheels. You'd go find these abandoned buildings and find all these little coins and things and old buried coins. And you'd find it, beep, 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 beep. You start digging. Oh, that was just a nail. Mm, go over here. Beep, 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 beep. I'll dig it. Oh, my gosh. Hey, we found, they found something. You know, in the Bible, in John chapter 1, I, I believe, when, uh, let me look. John chapter 1, verse 41, Andrew heard Jesus Christ talking, began to follow Jesus, and when he really believed in who he was, he ran to his brother, Simon Peter. You know what he said? We found him. We found him. You got to come and see. We found him. And then when Philip, likewise, just a few verses later, Philip heard him talk and, and heard what he said. He runs to Nathaniel and he says, Nathaniel, we found him, the one who all the prophets and Moses foretold. You've got to come see. Eureka! I found Jesus. That is the joy that you and I should be telling to the world. It says, Eureka! I have found the one whose treasure is worth a thousand treasures. I have won the jackpot, the lottery. Come and see. There's enough buried treasure down here that we will all be rich for eternity with Jesus. Eureka. But it takes something, church. It says, just keep digging. Just keep digging. Sometimes in your Christian walk, you may not find all that treasure at once. I think it's like this. When I get saved, I take this shovel right here, and I'm digging. Okay, Pastor Heath, I, I, heard, I hear what you believe. Okay, I believe there's a Jesus. I believe there's a God. Okay, I'm going to start digging by faith. Mm-hmm, I start digging. Okay, I'm going to try this. All right, ding. Oh, I found something. Oh, man, that's good. That's a, that's a gold watch. That's a gold coin. You know what? I bet there's more. I'm getting my prayer life. And I'm digging, ding. Oh my gosh, you didn't believe what I just found. I just found this necklace. I just found these pearls. You know what? I'm going to start fasting. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, you know what I just found? I found something else. You know what? I'm going to keep on digging. You know, this week, Pastor Heath, I kept digging in the prayer life. God spoke to me. Ding. Oh, you know what? This week, I kept digging in my devotional life, and I never heard God speak to me through his word before, and I was digging. You won't believe what God spoke to me in Luke chapter 7. Let's keep digging. Ding. You know what? I'm going through a hard time, Pastor, but as I kept digging, man, the Lord just worked out my finances in a way you wouldn't believe. Oh, what? I'm trusting in God. I'm still digging. Just keep digging. It's going to be worth all of the effort because trust me, you're going to find him. You're, if you said you will seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all of your heart, knock, that door is going to be open to you and you're not going to be able to contain all the blessings I'm going to pour out in your life. But you have to keep digging. Joy comes in the morning. I believe that guy was digging all night long. Woo, get the floodlights out. Turn on the generator. Just keep digging. You see, sometimes we get too busy to pray. Sometimes we get too busy to study our word, to dig deep in God. And the result is a joyless, works-based Christianity. And only that, when we don't pray, we don't read our Bible, we don't fast, we don't come to church, we're more stressed out, we're more tired, we're easily angered. Or spiritually weak. And church becomes an obligation. But it's supposed to be a joyful pursuit of something greater. 
I love what Spurgeon said, and I close with this. He said, joy in God is the happiest of all joys. There are other sweets in this life, but this is the virgin honey dripping fresh from the comb. Joy in God is also a most elevating joy. Have you found him? Are you satisfied with shallow, surface-level Christianity? Or you say, God, I'm just going to keep digging. Amen? Worship team, would you come? Just keep digging. God, I don't want to be satisfied with surface-level Christianity. I cannot give you joy. This church cannot give you joy. But I will say this. Joy is the natural response of experiencing God. Joy is the natural response of experiencing God. Time and time again, what Jesus is saying, he says, when he experienced the kingdom of God, when he believed in the kingdom of God, he received it with joy. But he didn't go down deep. And this other man, when he saw it he, for joy, he sold all that he had. And he, on the other hand, was willing to get a shovel and keep on digging deep. And the payoff was worth it. You believe the payoff in your life is going to be worth it? This life, it could be sorrow and woe. This life, uh, it could go through ups and downs. But it's going to be worth it in every step of the way. Maybe you're going to find a little nugget of something. And you say, you know, it's worth it. God's going to give you hope. Maybe today you're not having, you don't have hope. You, you haven't had that joy in a little while. But if you would just keep digging and just keep praying, just keep fasting, just keep pursuing God, just keep worshiping, just keep trusting Him, it's going to be worth it. Would you stand with me this morning?